This is Gil Manser welcoming you to Word by Word Conversations with Writers on North Bay Public Media, KRCB-FM. Today's show is one of Word by Word's famous roundtable discussions where four guests share microphones and I try to make sure listeners know whose voice is filling the airwaves. It should be even more fun because the room is populated by four of the six prize-winning playwrights from the Sixth Street Theaters and Redwood Writers' New Voices on the Vine Wine Country Play Festival which runs May 21st to the 31st at the 6th Street Playhouse. Their names and plays are Malena El Jumeli, and her play is The Call, Scott Lummer, Love Her Madly, Lynn Millar, Crossed Connections, and a certain radio show host named Gil Manser, <laughs> whose play is Felix the Cat and the Real Estate Guy. Also joining us is Lenny Dean, the festival director and 6th Street Playhouse education coordinator. Elena, Scott, Lynn, and Lenny, I want to welcome you to Word by Word. Thanks so much. This event began last fall with a flyer that read, Fifth Annual Redwood Writers Play Contest, in conjunction with New Vices on the Vine, a wine country play festival. Play contest open to all California writers. Deadline. December 15th, 2014, 9 p.m. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds ominous. Yes. Winning playwrights receive full production of their plays and two tickets to the New Voices on the Vine, a wine country play festival at the 6th Street Playhouse. Rules were that the play should be limited to four actors, run under 10 minutes, and include a short performed song with the word wine in the lyrics. It was a blind entry, meaning the playwright's name was unknown to the judges. Now, I'm going to talk about the judges, and I'm going to ask that uh, if you have any comments, that Garrett John Groenveld, is yes. that right? And then it was Margaret Weiner Kaplan. Yes. And Sherry Lee Miller. Can you give us a little background, Lenny, about who they are, where they come from? Sure. Garrett is uh, involved at the Playground in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. He's been with our festival for three years. Uh, he does dramaturgical work. We do have meaning that he works with the playwrights. So even for this year, last year, and the year before, he worked with each of the playwrights for 30 minutes. So he, as well as being a judge, he read the plays again and met with each of the playwrights and talked to them about the structure of their play or any questions they might have. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a world-published uh, playwright. Um, he's got stuff going on. Actually, right now as we speak, uh He's rehearsing for a show that opens at Playground called Empty Nesters. And um, that's possibly going to be lots of really exciting things are happening for him with that. I don't want to go into details because I'm not sure I should. He's got a play on Broadway right now. I'm sorry, rehearsing to be on Broadway with Olympia Dukakis called Hummingbirds. Um, That's doing really, really well. Um, So anyone, the international uh, playwright competition with the play Hummingbirds, and it was produced in six or eight uh, international play places. So he's a great friend of ours, uh, personally a great person, really cool guy. He also does our workshops, and we will have a workshop on the 23rd of May, uh, 10 to 12. And um, Scott would say some good things he's attended, I know. Yeah, uh, I attended a workshop that he did three years ago. When I was in the Playfest as an actor, and I thought I would just spend 
an hour and a half listening to what he had to say. And there were 30 people in the room, but I'm convinced he was talking just to me because it totally opened up the idea of writing a 10-minute play. And I'm thinking throughout his talk, I can do this. I like to write, but I really like to write character and plot and dialogue. And those are the three things that he focused in on. And that really got me started. Great. And so that's Garrett. Then we have, uh, it's actually Marguerite, Marguerite. Kaplan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she lives in Florida. Uh, her most recent involvement, I, I've known her for 30 years. She happens to be a friend of mine as well as a professional. Her most recent involvement is with a company that um, incorporates um, see, handicapped uh there's movement issues. There's deaf people. Sign Dance Collective International. That kind of thing. Right. Yeah, Sign Dance Collection. Um, and uh, she's touring with them, performing with them right now. So she also will go to six or eight uh, European company, uh, European countries to perform her pieces, their piece that she helped create. Um, she was a graduate of CalArts in an MFA program and then had her BA from University of Texas mm-hmm. in Austin, Texas. And I knew her from Summer Repertory Theater. And right. we both worked at the Great American Melodrama in Vaudeville and Pismo Beach. Uh, and so through the years, <laughs> we go to Ashland every year. Every and which of years. you wore the mustache? Yeah, really. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. I Curse you, Jack Dalton. Yes. Anyway, we also um, uh, travel. I lived in New York and did theater with her there. We go to Ashland. Um She's involved with Powerhouse Theater Company uh, at uh, Vassar during the summertime. So she's just a really well-rounded, well-educated theater person who I've seen a ton of shows with. So it was great to be able to involve her. And then our third person, Sherry Lee Miller, is what I'd like to do is get someone from our own community, someone from the Bay Area, Mm -hmm. and then someone from uh, an international. Right. Uh, So so our local person is Sherry Lee Miller. She's um, a highly reputable, fabulous human being who directs, and she primarily directs, but she's also an actor. She directs at Cinnabar Theater, and she directs at uh, Main Street, Main Main Stage West. West, yeah. Right? So, and I've known her again for 30-some Years and beyond, she was at. She went to San Diego, graduated from theater there, and then lived in Seattle and was a professional actor. Uh, we're really, really, you know, glad to have her here and grateful for our community to have such a talented person. So, um, we had a great time. Those three really. We did do phone conversation in the adjudication process mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Um, because Marguerite was it lives in Florida, um, and then also Garrett was still. It was in San Francisco, so he didn't come up for the meeting. So. We're on telephones and then uh, and hashing it away. Yes. Oh, and I think all the other four of us would say they have tremendous taste as judges. Uh, and Excellent. Yes, they know the they're wonderful. Yeah. Did I plant yeah. you over in that? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, choice. and what's good about it also is um, see Linda and I. Linda uh, Reed is the uh, chairperson for the Redwood Writers, uh, and she's the chairperson for the contest. We are not adjudicators, mm-hmm. but we support them and ha- are there to answer any questions. And I also collect the data and put it in a spreadsheet so that people can see what their unified attitude were was towards certain pieces. So it may it may have been one person gave 
one play a really high number and then the others gave it a really low number and we would just talk about that and look at you know you know it's really interesting finding a unified way of speaking about all the plays uh and uh, so it's a fun process. I really, really, really enjoy. I, I enjoy the math part of it too. It's very fun. Right. Um, right. Yeah, it is. But do you fun. do the the, the uh, Norwegian method or Swedish method What's of that? scoring? Oh, well, it's very complicated. Where you end up with a, a raw number that compares each of yes, that's exactly yeah. what we do. Certainly, right. Yeah. So that <laughs> so we have a sensibility of that. But ultimately, it is really. You know, I have to say part of what goes into it is that we have to give an entertaining evening. So it's a variety. Mm -hmm. Um, So if we come to having a couple plays that we can choose, um, for instance, I do want to say, Gil, one of the reasons why your play was really a powerful choice for us is we really want to expand our audiences as Mm -hmm. well. So to have teens represented, not a lot of playwrights write about teens. So it was really exciting. In fact, a lot of pit play contests say specifically do not. Include it, right. So to have that, and especially, you know, Garrett talked about uh, how how awesome it is to write about our own community. So the fact that your play is Teens that takes place at Santa Rosa High School was just really um, a wonderful uh, element that we wanted to include. And interestingly enough, we have teens from Montgomery High School who are going to play the (laughs) characters (laughs) In um, in your play, Felix the Cat and the Real Estate Guy. So, uh, again, <laughs> that was exciting for us to see someone write about local experiences with uh, our hometown um, high school in the play. So there you go. Suzanne Lang asked me about if I thought I had an opportunity to win this when I put the play together. And exactly those points you mentioned, plus the song. Because I said it at the you know the Halloween dance in 1924, which was the first dance at uh, Santa Rosa High School for the incoming classes, uh, that I thought that would be a good hook. So I'm glad to hear it was. It was. So let's talk with the other playwrights. Who would like to go first? I think Scott always goes first. <laughs> well, he's, he's already a very powerful uh, person. That, that's right. So we'll wait and we'll come back to Scott because he's already chimed in. How about if we go to the other end of the table, Melina? Okay. <laughs> Your play is called The Call. Mm-hmm. And tell me what thought process you went in. Were you intimidated by the the uh, depth of experience of the judges, or did you pay attention to that at all? You know what? I didn't really even <laughs> notice. I, I um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I do. I do know Garrett from from before, right. but um, you know, I don't. I don't think. I really would, for any contest, really care too much about who the judges are because I'm just going to write what I'm going to write. And if they don't like it, mm-hmm. you know, they can reject it. And <laughs> that happens plenty of times. So, um, yeah, when I was writing it, um, you know, the thing that I really wanted to do was, um, you know, it's set, mine is set in uh, an earlier time in um, 1963. And um, I, I'm always telling my kids how. You know, it used to be a really big deal to make a long-distance phone call. Right. You know, you'd get the family together and, you know, I mean, people come over. You'd have dinner before. It would be a big deal. And you'd it was wait till very, after. And you'd wait until, until after, you know, a certain time because right. the rates went down and all that. And and so that's part of the reason that I wrote it was, you know, so that my kids could see what it, what it used to be like when uh, – so, so, of course, I couldn't just have a phone call. You had to have a little more than that. So there's a few other things going on. 
Um, but the phone call is really the the main thing that gets them all together and, mm-hmm. you know, why the play is happening. Well, there's experiences going on in the family that is bringing them all together, too. Yes. Yes. Yes, that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was – I think it was really fun to have the uh, – try to work the uh, wine into it, to a little song about – a little ditty about the wine. Um, <laughs> I, at first I thought, oh, I'm not going to be able to do it, but I, actually I had fun with it. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how about Lynn Millar? Tell us about Crossed Connections. Well, this play came out from just observing and watching mothers with their children, but not with their children because they're on the phone drinking (laughs) their coffees and their kids are doing their thing or they're stuck in the stroller and there was a certain lack of communication. So I wanted to create um, that situation and um, have three women, three different women in her interact. And as I wrote it more and I've heard it more, I decided that's a new way of communicating. You know, that they're on the phone, they're communicating there, they're talking to each other, they're yelling at their kids, and it's just a different way than I think about. I'm not judgmental about it. It's just different, (laughs) and that's the way it is, and I'm not going to change it. And actually, I could make some... uh, make something out of, create something out of this new communication, if that's indeed what it is. Or a lack of communication. Lack of communication, yes. I mean, there's probably some consequences from that lack. Of course, in your, I shouldn't give too much away if I say that in your play, a picture is worth a thousand words, right? (laughs) Yes, it is, because our our phones see everything as well, and they (laughs) capture moments of it. Okay, Scott, so you're approaching this contest. You have been in uh, the festival before, mm-hmm. and um, so you know what's about you've been in, the, and we're going to talk a little bit about the the workshopping that goes on as well. But uh, so you're sitting down and said, have you already got this written, or you write it for the contest, or what? Uh, no, I, I almost always have something written, have several plays kind of in the hopper that... Uh, and various play contests have or, or festivals have certain themes, mm-hmm. um, but this was fairly general except for the the song about wine or the line about wine. So I had a play that I thought would fit, and actually I had a couple of plays that I thought would fit, and I uh, put the line in there. But the process for developing this particular play was completely different than any other process that that I've ever had before. So it was kind of fun to experiment with this. So tell me what's your regular process and then when what was different? Well, normally, uh, similar to what I said before, they had an idea and they had a particular theme and they wanted to explore this. This had its its uh, beginnings in uh, kind of a, a new type of experience that's called 24-7 theater where an audience gathers, comes up with a topic, and seven playwrights spend all night from 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. Mm. creating a script, and then a group of people come back together to uh, rehearse it and then stage it that evening for a single performance and then everybody goes away and so that's where the first draft of this i had no idea the topic was chosen by the audience it's loud angry people falling in love Mm -hmm. and i had to write a play and when i got home my wife said what are you going to do and i said i don't have a clue 
Uh, and then she went out, ran some errands, came back 15 minutes later and said, boy, I'm really sorry you don't have a clue. And I said, no, I know exactly what I'm going to write about. And <laughs> said about that night um, with a lot of coffee and a little bit of alcohol and went to, um, went to writing. Right. And including a song, and that, of course, was just a breeze, right? Yeah, well, it was a little bit of a challenge, um, <laughs> but I figured out a way to do that. Right. So we have had feedback from all of the playwrights who are here. Now I'm going to turn back to Lenny and say, so what is the challenge and the advantage, obviously, of a 10-minute play is you can have six of them in, in, in an evening. Um, and... But what's the biggest challenge for people over the years for that space of time? Uh, people meaning the, the playwrights. The playwrights. Well, uh, or the directors or the actors either. Well, I, I want to say I – this is when I was speaking out in the lobby earlier about how much I love collaboration. And uh, that's one of the most exciting elements of this event is the collaboration. And we really bend ourselves to – um, give lots of room for and space for collaboration so that we have a company of actors. This year we actually have 14, I believe maybe 15 actors. Um, last year we had 11. The reason why we have more this year is because we have a play that has four teens and there's no else, there's no other play that the teens will appear in. It's right. just the one play. Um, <clears throat> so those people get to play more than one role. And I was thinking about it that I... It's different than in a musical you see sometimes actors playing several ensemble roles. Mm -hmm. But in this play, in this case, in the 10-minute plays, they really are creating two separate characters right. uh, with two different energies and two different kinds of plays. So not only do we get to see this plethora of interesting eventful smorgasbord, which is my favorite way to eat, by the way, um, type of uh, event for plays in the evening. But it's also all these actors playing different roles. Then being able to um, invite playwrights, I mean, um, directors of our community who are interested in directing, we give them these 10-minute plays to exercise. And I'm, and I'm pretty much hands-on. I see all the plays in rehearsal mm -hmm. as a festival director at least once, if not more, depending on where they're at, so that they can develop their skills as a, as a director. Right. Uh, and all the elements that that goes with. Um, so it's the lighting and the sound and the sets and um, what's required for all that. So it's their <clears throat> beginning. So and this year, I'm even more excited because I took it one step further and collaborated another level by bringing in Nueva High School for the Performing Arts. Mm -hmm. We have some students who, are, who have written, and I have to say they're beautiful, responses to the six plays that are going to be presented. So we're going to see the play this year, and then right after the play is over, uh, one of the teens from the Nueva High School for the Performing Arts are going to perform their response to the plays. And I'm telling you, they're stunning. They're really beautiful. We have one of them is a song. We have a poem. And really to see the fresh, fresh perspective of a teen and to know that we're highlighting uh, the Performing Arts Center in Windsor to know that we're involving, again, a whole nother level of audience mm -hmm. and developing them as theater people, audience goers as well as. So 
it just puts me in heaven on earth to be involved in this kind of project, along right. with working with the playwrights. Right. And, and directly in this case, uh, one of our <clears throat> directors had to drop out, so I took over, and I'm directing Lynn Millar's play. Oh. So, so I'm hands-on directing, but also uh, and working with the playwright. But it's just exciting. Do you to have work different with. hats? You just shift around. I do. That? I've learned how to do that. <laughs> it's a juggling act, but it's it's fun and. Um, I, I enjoy it tons. Yeah, tons, tons. Yep. So, who would like to comment about seeing your play produced and how different people interpret it when through your eyes as you as you watch it expand in front of you? Um, it's see, Scott. I knew I, it. I, would, I, I, yeah. Well, <laughs> speak Lynn up. didn't cut me off, so I decided <laughs> I'd go ahead. Um, I will say the first time was as big of a rush as I've had. I've acted before, but there's nothing like seeing your words brought to life. Mm -hmm. And whether it's a good performance or not as great of a performance, just seeing it performed is truly amazing. And and I'd, I'd be curious if my colleagues feel the same way, but it's like no other feeling I've ever had. Um then after it's been, happened a bit, it is fascinating, and I've had a couple plays that have been produced by two different theater companies, two different directors, and it's interesting the differences that they pull out of it, and not necessarily one being better or worse, but just different interpretations. And in a 10-minute play, you'd figure there can't be that vast of a difference, but there is, and, and that's fascinating to see the same script end up taking two different paths. They both get there, and they're both entertaining, but quite a different journey. Now, the challenge with your play, having the, the I will say, the screamers on stage, <laughs> is is how to keep that interesting and fresh without being overdone. I would think that would be quite difficult for the actors to rein it in, I guess. Right, and and that's that play in particular is a concern. Um I try to add a little more help than I normally would in stage directions. Mm -hmm. uh, bring it out here, rein it back here. Uh, but it's also uh, really dependent on the director and, and meeting with Beulah Vega, who's directing my play. And I've worked with Beulah before as an as a actor. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have to thank Lenny for choosing her because she's phenomenal and I knew she would be, but candidly, I underestimated because I've seen a couple of rehearsals and right at the bat, she got it and reining people in and trying to modulate that because if it's just screaming all the time, right. um, not only the audience would tire of it, but I tire of it and, and it'd be embarrassing to walk out on my own performance. So, um, <laughs> so she totally got that and it's a fun, it becomes, it should be a fun thing. It's certainly the silliest thing I've ever written, and she was in that spirit of uh, it being silly. I don't know. I'm going to mention airplane. <laughs> That's kind of silly, That's too. That's kind of silly, too. Yes, that was called flakes on a plane. Flakes, flakes on, on a plane. plane. Ah. Instead of snakes. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> Thank you. In case. Okay, in case. I, I didn't. I'm a little slow. Jeez, so oh, well. You, no, I remember no. somebody commenting that I tend to over-explain things in my work, but yeah, it's nice to know that others have that quality. I do. <laughs> so, Lynn, in Cross Connections, not to talk about Cross Connections here, mm -hmm. but in Cross Connections, you have a similar issue in that the the women are yelling uh, out to the playground, to their kids in the playground. Yes, they yell at their kids right. periodically. Right. <clears throat> in unison, 
Sometimes. I, I don't know, pick up on each other or whatever. But, yeah. Yeah. So that must be a, a have you watched it performed uh, more than once? Um, well, since we've had a change of director, we ah. haven't quite gotten to a lot of rehearsing um, yet, but I'm sure Lenny will be able to handle it. Um, and I wanted to say something about the, the coming at a play as a playwright. I, mm-hmm. I had a play in the festival two years ago, and usually when you write, it's a very solitary task. You may have your friends read it, a writing group, critique group. You may send it to editors, publications, and so forth. And you don't always, you don't have a feedback. But it's still your piece. In a play, you're turning it over to other people. It's yeah. a, it's a group that is creating this thing that you've started. And hopefully, you have a good director who sees the vision. I was very lucky last time she got the play, and it was a challenging one, I think. And you have you have actors who are bringing to it what they can, and then you have an audience that sees it. So um, last time I saw the play on four different occasions, each mm-hmm. time it was different. Um, the really? actors brought something different to it. The audience responded to it differently. But it, it's really a good thing as a, as a writer who's alone, for the most part, in creating this, to let go of it and let other people have at it. Right. And hopefully it's successful. <laughs> and well, it's a very intimate venue. You've got, what, 100 seats in the theater? Correct, 99. 99, yes. oh, close enough. Yes. And, uh, and equity, one... equity rules. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. all right, yeah. yes. 99. 99, no yeah. more. It's just like train cars, right? <laughs> yes, that's maximum. So, uh, and you're fairly close to the stage, and you certainly can see the... What's going on with the actors? Um, although I haven't seen it, you know, lit. Is that what you call it? Yes. Yes. And um, with lights. Yes. Yes. Spots, et cetera. Right. But I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. So, Malena, same question. You know, the, the fr- I had a play a couple of years ago in, in the festival, and um, that one turned out pretty much the way I expected it to. Everyone, the, the way they were delivering the lines was mm-hmm. how I expected. And with this one, it's been a little different. And um, I'm trying to decide, is am I going to let it go? Am I going to? So I, I want to see how it's going to evolve. And if it's, if it's going to turn out the way, you know, what I want more than anything, I, I really do want to let the director and the actors do what they want, but, um, and see where it evolves. But if it, if it, had a different sort of um, heart to it or feel to it, then maybe I would say something about it and that, that you know, you weren't, you, you weren't getting it right or not. But it's definitely different from where I really started with. But it's, it's helping me to evolve and, and see these characters differently too. Um, so uh, it, 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 is interest, it is great to see, to see it perform because you have it, you know, well, you do it in your head and – um, you know, everything's the way it is, but then, you know, you see it on the stage, they put so much more into it than what's on that page. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. there's, these are actual living people saying these words and, um, it just, it's the dynamic is just, um, fantastic. I, I, it's, you just, and then especially when, when the, the audience is you can tell the audience is involved. You can tell that they're, especially in this venue, where we're, you're not completely surrounded, but it's it's very intimate. Three quarters and, surrounded. Yeah, three yeah. quarters surrounded. Yeah. Um, so you're, 
they are very much involved. And that's that's really the wonder of the theater is um, the difference between sitting in a movie theater and sitting in a live theater. It's just a completely different experience. And everybody should have that experience. And And even if you... You know, you have if you haven't been to a play for a while, come to this festival because you'll you'll just you'll just realize how amazing it is. It's right. just a completely different experience and um, a smorgasbord. Yeah, a smorgasbord, but <laughs> but there, it's real people doing. You know, I'm obviously it's fiction, but it's. And they're it's only so 20 much, feet yeah, away, right? It's so yeah. much more real. Yeah, it's hard to explain it, but I'm sure books have been written about no, it. No, I think you did quite well. <laughs> you are listening to Word by Word Conversations with Writers on North Bay Public Media, KRCB-FM. Today's show is one of Word by Word's famous roundtable discussions where four guests share microphones and I try to make sure listeners know whose voice is filling the airwaves. So far, it's been quite fun since the room is populated by four of the six prize-winning playwrights from the 6th Street Theaters and Redwood Riders' New Voices on the Vine Wine Country Play Festival, which runs May 21st to 31st at the 6th Street Playhouse. So stay tuned to KRCB-FM for even more offstage hijinks with a studio filled with prize-winning playwrights. Okay, back to Malena. You and I both wrote what I guess I will call historical plays. They are set in a specific time and place. And when I I sat in on the... um, the first um, casting for the play, the young women who came in for, and read for the part, knew nothing about 1924 in Santa Rosa. <laughs> and then yeah. the next time I saw it, the uh, young woman who I think is playing the role um, had bothered to go on the Internet and actually listen to the song that was in the thing so she knew how to sing it. And I was giving her, wow, great, great, great. But the difficulty is, is when I watched your play, since I lived through that at time, I knew sort of where we were going because I put the pieces together. But I'm sure that a lot of the audience has no idea what's significant about the mid-60s. So how, do you, how does that, are we going to find that out when we see it produced? How does that dichotomy in the audience of those on the know and those who haven't a clue work out? Yeah, there are going to be quite a few people in the audience probably who who didn't weren't alive during that time right. and um, and didn't live through what's coming in my play. But um, I decided, um, you know, this went through a couple of, of drafts, and I decided, um, you know, I could be really, you know, obvious and and or I could just, you know, the play ha- will have. One level, and if you get that, then that's fine. With what's going on with the family, <laughs> and then if you if you get all the references, which I think older people will, then um, then maybe you'll enjoy it on another level. But um, I don't think everybody has to completely understand what's going on. I don't know. It, it, will it say in the in the program when not. it takes place or? <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, the year when it when it's taking place, or yeah, I don't know. Yeah, when the lights come up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'd made sure there was a banner on mine says Halloween Dance 1924. So yeah, yeah, I could have a calendar on the wall, I suppose. But very large um, calendar, big, big one, (laughs) (laughs) industrial size. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, but um, I think the the way the people are acting, you know, they're they're more formal. and uh, th- they will be dressed, you know, appropriately. So um, 
and you know it's all about this phone call and you know it's going to be a dial phone right. <laughs> like in right. the like in the old days and talking about the rates which well, we don't the, do and, anymore and waiting for the seven o'clock time to make the yeah. long distance yeah. Yeah. non-trunk call yeah I'm not yeah. sure that our listeners know there were only what I think 14 <laughs> lines going across the country yeah and they uh, do you know how this worked they they would put conversations in the silences so they they could send I think three times that at a time that's yeah. still a very yeah. limited number of long distance phone calls from say Los Angeles to New York or wherever yeah so yeah wow different time and place yeah wires yeah <laughs> not on the internet just wires no no wireless so, yeah and I make a few <laughs> other uh, references you know like um, the Huntley Brinkley report mm-hmm. which you know I grew up which watching, was only but, fifteen minutes yeah. by the way not oh. a half hour. Well, it was in the beginning, but by that time it was a half hour. By nineteen. 19- well, that day was longer, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Oops. Yeah. Oh. Oops. Oh, I looked it up. <laughs> Actually, I want to speak to that, Gil. You have a play that uh, was adapted from a book, right? And so your uh, world for the play uh, is much broader and wider and bigger than people who create plays that are 10 minutes in, in themselves. And adaptation is way more unwieldy, so to speak, because there's so much information you have. And I found this to be true last year as well. We had a play that was produced that was by a playwright who adapted the play from his book. Mm-hmm. And it was – it, it was – he was had a lot more opinions as well about um, what's going on and what's happening and who they are because it's more uh, thoroughly thought out in a in a book, which is very different than a play. Um, and conversely, Lynn and I were at rehearsal the other day and just in the lobby outside today. Again, she was saying, um, making a reference to having spoke to somebody about playwriting and that what we did, what I do as a director is I ask the actors for their history. Where? How long were you married? How long have you known each other? What their, is your their backstory? Their characters, characters, right? Yeah. Their characters' history. How you know? What are their? What is their relationship? And Lynn was uh, like, uh, I think, surprised. What would you say, Lynn? Well, it's not. I didn't work out exactly where my characters worked at. My concern was this immediate interaction in a ten-minute play. If I'm writing a novel, I'm going to figure out all the stuff that they were discussing the other night, whether it gets into the novel or not. And um, I just decided it's what the actresses needed to know about their character, where they worked, you know, who was in their family, you know, right. kinds of situations. So it's interesting because as a director, what I look for and help the actors with is the specificity. Mm-hmm. It's very specific if you've known someone for two years as compared to all your life. Mm-hmm. How you behave with them and what you... Uh, 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 what you say to them and how you care about who they are, um, how you know what what you're requiring or what you expect. Your expectations are different. So the same with depending on what their jobs are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives them the freedom to be more of human beings and real people. If I'm more spe- if I, if they're more specific, so actors look for that no matter if the writer has it or not. They have to decide for themselves. Something that's real, uh, something that's grounded, something that they can work from, and then you throw it all out the window. It's that's ninety <laughs> percent of what happens once you have yeah. that understanding, because again, it gives you a, a specific frame of reference to create relationships. It's just kind of fun because it turned out that one character 
it works as a hostess in a Persian restaurant. So. That's right. <laughs> oh, we got very whoa, specific. very specific. <laughs> what exactly we didn't is talk a about Persian how much restaurant? She made an hour, Not an Iranian <laughs> restaurant, but a Persian, Persian restaurant. Right, yeah. Persian. And again, that comes from what's beautiful about that is my encouragement for the actors. It came from the actors talking. Uh-huh. That's their investment. That's their livelihood. That's their uh, uh, life and imagination. Um, that gets engaged. And so you want to bring that. So as a writer, um, is it is it specific? I think the one thing I asked Glenn the other night or that, and that's the decision that we came to together, was where it was set. Um, and that was l- probably the least specific thing of what was happening in any of the other plays. Like, um, and then uh, we agreed that it was New York City. Right. Oh. So, um, oh, that's why the accent. Yes. Mm. Okay. That's because there, it, and it just happened to be in the one character's voice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And somehow I was hearing it that way. It wound up on the page. It got read that way. And so when we were talking about where I had envisioned that it was anywhere USA playground, mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't, you know. And so in the discussion, we got more specific. Well, that's interesting because there's a definitely a socioeconomic divide yes. on that bench. Mm. Yes. And it works more in New York more easily. It, you know, I guess we'll make it stereotypical, right? It does. And I want to say this, though. I mean, stereotype is, you know, again, that's the beauty is it's a, it's a picture and then it's a thousand words. Right. I mean, um, but with Lynn's play also, it's a realism play for me. It's not like Scott's play, which I wouldn't call realism. It's absurd. <laughs> There's absurd. And absurd Well, it's carried plays. to the extreme, yeah. can we yeah. say? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Could but you can imagine being in a Tourette's uh, <laughs> symposium. And... To a degree, but I mean, stylistically speaking, it was one of the plays, again, that we were excited to use because it was so different than the other plays. Mm-hmm. The difference between realism as a director and as an actor, mm-hmm. uh, as a producer, is very different than the absurd. Um, so we don't need to know necessarily in what town that Scott's play takes place. Right. However, the socioeconomic status, the way those people are speaking in real life, because I think Lynn's play is realistic, mm-hmm. uh, is realism, um, needs to be specific um, because it brings that uh, experience. So it's not just superficial. But the people become more authentic and more real when they have when they're from a specific place, and that's not required for Scott's play as much. The real part, the Malena, your play. Yes. When I watched it, I realized there's at least three things, three levels on this play. The one that I found most effective with both the A and the E um, was the interpersonal communication, the elephant in the room, because I don't want to mention, give things away, that no one wants to talk about directly. But finally, we realize what's going on as an audience. And I thought that was an amazing, the audience, you know, and we were other playwrights watching at that time. So, you know, we're jaundiced and knowledgeable, (laughs) right? (laughs) Seen it all, right? But there was this silence in the room Mm -hmm. when that line's given. Oh, my word. Mm. And I, I thought that was just amazingly well done. Mm, thank you. Thank you. That actually was was um, Garrett really helped <laughs> me with that with the with the last line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he he the experience with him was fantastic. Um he 
he understood the play really well. And so I just, you know, anything he said, I wrote down. And uh, he didn't want me to change a lot, but he didn't like the way it ended. And, you know, when he explained it to me, it's because I had a different ending there. Really? When mm-hmm. he explained it to me, it's like, oh, he's so right. Yes, absolutely. So I am really glad to have had that time with him and that he, you know, that that we changed it and made it. Yeah, we made it the way it did. It ended up um, because, yeah, I think that it, it really did change the whole feeling of the play. And I want to talk about that real quick, too, Gil. I love that you mentioned triple layered because you were speaking earlier about Melina's play and how there's some people who won't get it at all. But yet those same ones who might not get it about the time period specific to the day, they there are references to our culture today that they will get. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so even though – and that's a fun kind of event. It's like, wait, what are they talking about? What does that mean? Well, I don't get that. But boy, I get that. Oh, wow. I didn't know. And what a way to look at time through back then, right? This wouldn't have happened, but here it is and it's happening in my life. So it gives a history, a sense of history to everybody who sees it in some level or another. I don't care if they're 10 or they're 100. There's right. a way to relate to right. it. Right. Yeah. And it is just, you know, people... <clears throat> interacting and that's you know that can happen in you know cavemen or you know some science fiction thing and i don't know if i can see the flintstones doing that (laughs) (laughs) i don't know but um but yeah human interaction that's what that's what it is and um yeah some people are going to get certain references and others won't but um melina i want to say can i say one you uh would love the responses for the teens Mm-hmm. Uh, two responses particularly I'm thinking of. One is from the mother's point of view. Mm. And it's a diary entry. Mm. Oh, wow. And what she understands about what occurs and what doesn't occur. And how she... So after beautiful. this event? Yes. Yes. So so she has a diary entry that she writes like as she goes to her bedroom that night. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, wow. And her perspective on what she understands and doesn't understand is beautiful. And the same with her, uh, the the daughter in your play who goes through things. They all go through something mm-hmm. to a degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the daughter who goes through, there was also a diary entry from one of the students from the daughter. So in actuality, what we've decided is that we may use more than one response mm. uh, because the students are quite good um, when, from each of the plays. Um, <clears throat> so we might use two or three kids and put them on different days. Mm. Uh, because we really like so many of them. <laughs> the same. This was interesting. I want to. You might enjoy this, Gil. That the uh, her name is Allison Fresnel. She's the teach. She teaches at uh, the the high school performing arts. We have a high school, um, and she was reluctant to um, use two of the plays in her classroom situation. I want to say. I can guess which other, one. Yeah. Wh- one of them <laughs> is called. We didn't mention the other two plays. No, we have. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But one of them was Love Her Madly from Scott. And then the second one is is called, what is it called? The, the, the Last to Go? The Last to Go. <laughs> yeah. um, and the teacher was reluctant to use those because she was why. Like, not sure that the value of what. And then she used them after all. She decided, because I had a conversation with her, that you never can tell. And there's things that happen when you hear them out loud. And, man, she got right back to me. And she said they were actually some of the favorites of the kids. And they really got it and got a lot out of it and really understood what each play meant. And it wasn't what you think it might mean or it wasn't the prejudice of what she had seen from reading them to begin with. But also 
her experience of hearing them out loud because that's what she did when she taught them is had them read out loud ah, uh-huh. and how that changed what it meant, how it gave full life. And that's what's different from writing it in a book than doing a play mm-hmm. is there's just some other meaning that occurs when it's out loud. Sure, sure. So, yeah, the last to go. Yeah, we also <laughs> should make Literally. Yeah, Literally, that, yeah. <laughs> that was Seth, Seth Freeman is the, uh, the playwright there. And the other one is Accosted. By Maureen Studer, and that's just a two-person play. It is, and again, that's another absurd play. Well, I don't know. Is it, would you use the word absurd? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say I would. <laughs> in, in, in the Beckett sense? Yes, in yes. the Beckett sense. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. That that we're, we're, it's metaphor made visible. It's absurdist. actually more expressionistic. Absur- right, absurdist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, you know, technically really... It is the metaphor made visible, and that's called that's expressionism. We haven't used those kinds of terms for quite. Some, that's from college days. Yeah. I know the difference between those things, but um, <laughs> but we have a thief. So the two characters are called yes. accosted, right? And the thief. So those are the names of the characters. Right. And the playwright did that on purpose, and so it's about the energy of those two people and the interchange. So that's going to be interesting to see how that's staged. I would think that'd be really challenging. You know, physically. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Everybody here knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. So we have, as you can, I think our, our listeners can pick up, we have quite a, a diversity of style, which you, people might want to refer to as a smorgasbord That's right. of style. Especially me. Yum, 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 yum. Yum, yum, yum. yum, yum. So um, you, we've all seen the, uh, at least the readings for the plays. So reactions that you want to on other people's plays as you saw them during the evening. Who would like to go be on the record? <laughs> Lynn first. Lynn first. Oh, no, but I don't have a response. I was counting on him taking over. Um, well, you can talk about my play if you need a, a prompt here. Well, I, I will talk about your play because uh, I found it exceptionally charming. And... Um, I'm hoping the one young teen, or both young women teens, got the parts, because I thought they did a good job. Mm -hmm. Um, And I could already see so much of it. Sometimes I remember in the previous festival when my play was read, I thought, this is a hot mess. Nobody's going to understand this (laughs) at all. But uh, your play really did come through just in a reading. And people who I don't think had much time with the words um, on so that was that's what I remember of mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Melena. What plays do you recall, and you know, other than yours, and the and the the shock of seeing it actually event happening? Yeah, I I actually remember uh, how funny the those t- the Scots play was, and the. I mean, it seems like we're, we have quite a few very funny plays and, and uh, yours too, Lynn, is, is um, it's funny in a, in a sort of, in a different sort of way. It's, it's like, it's different, funny, it's funny in different Poignant. ways. Yeah. Poignantly yeah. Funny. Yes. Poignantly right. funny. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think that's what I realized. And I guess you and I have the. Uh, more dramatic, will we say, <laughs> plays, um, and but the I loved the humor in in the other plays. The they were, it was a lot of fun. I thought, man, this is going to be so much fun to mm-hmm. go to see these on on stage. It's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of fun. 
Good. Scott. Well, three of the plays are interesting. It, it's a dichotomy because three of the plays, obviously mine and <laughs> Lynn's and, uh, and Maureen's, uh, we're all part of the same writing group. So I've oh, seen them. Oh, you've those seen them and heard them. So I'm a, I was a little paternalistic and proud, <laughs> and obviously mine. But right. but I love seeing fellow writers who I've thrown in a couple of nuggets, and smartly those writers have ignored those and moved on <laughs> and been successful because of that. Uh, it's great to see to see that and see it in development and then see the semifinal product. And, of course, in a couple of weeks we'll see. I'll get to see the final product, and that's great. Um, I really like the call uh, because um, I grew up in those times, as 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 a few of us did. I remember those days and the day in particular that we're talking about vividly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably my first significant memory. We were on a trip Historic driving event. to yeah. New York, yeah. and uh, where were you? And, right. Yeah, it was one. Yeah. And and so it's a it is a big eye opener and immediately takes me back. But that's a fifty seven year old reacting to it. But I think my son, when he sees it, will react just in a different way, but more to the emotionality of the characters because the if that was all that was going on. Of the on, day, then, yeah. that's right, right. Well, of what's going on. In their family. Within the family. Right. So, again, it works on multiple levels. <clears throat> and I think a good play works on multiple levels, even a 10-minute play. There are different things that you're pulling out of it, and there are different layers. And I think that's probably true for all six plays. And that, I mean, I made a joke about the judges having good taste, but I think um, <laughs> one of the reasons these plays have, have, have made it is it does work. You know, the hum- there's humor, but there may be something to be learned beyond the humor. There's there are events, but there's something to be learned beyond just those events and the story that it's telling. Okay, I need to have a have a chance to put a plug in for your website. So let us know where to find tickets. Yes, Lenny? that's at sixthstreetplayhouse.com, dot com, and that's the number six. Th. Yeah. S six T H six T H. Let the writers handle streetplayhouse.com. dot com, and um, when you go on the site there, uh, we have a sliders, and it's right there in the first thing that you can see there in our slider because we're very excited about our our um, upcoming performances. And actually, the twenty first is a specific. A preview for Redwood Writers. It's there. It's a fundraiser for them only. And they can so, get tickets for that at redwoodwriters.com. At, that's correct. Right. And then the 22nd, the 23rd, um, and the 24th, that's our first weekend. And then the following Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then on Saturday, this is something um, that's really fun, is that we have for our closing – on Sunday. On Sunday, I'm sorry. Sunday, our closing. The 31st. The 31st. 2 o'clock in the afternoon. That's right. Right. We have two things that happen. One is a panel with the playwrights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there's discussion that goes on uh, with the audiences act, uh, asking questions. So we invite the audiences that have been there to come back if they'd like and participate in the panel discussion. And then also we have an audience favorite award that we've given every year. Because when we select our six or seven plays to be produced, we don't have a first, second, third place like that, we uh, decided at the very inception of when we started at 6th Street with this to make an audience favorite so that there's still the 
feeling of understanding economically what audiences go for. Just as valuable, I think, for our whole community to to, to get a sense of that. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really, 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 really in support of the playwrights to understand that that's, that's ultimately what it is: is that you you uh, uh, submit your plays, and eventually your play is chosen, and it has the sense of being a winner occurs. <laughs> it just does, and that's the feeling that comes along with it. So we also hand out the audience favorite award. Uh, on that Sunday afternoon, too. So it's really festive and lots of fun. Good. All right. Well, thank you very much. You have been listening to Word by Word Conversations with Writers on North Bay Public Media, KRCB-FM. Today's show is one of Word by Word's famous roundtable discussions where four guests shared microphones, and I tried to make sure listeners knew whose voice was filling the airwaves. It has been quite fun since the room was populated by four of the six prize-winning playwrights from the Sixth Street Theaters and Redwood Riders' New Voices on the Vine Wine Country Play Festival, which runs from May 21st and 31st at the Sixth Street Playhouse. Their names and plays are Malena El-Jamali, The Call, Scott Lummer, Love Her Madly, Lynn Millar, Crossed Connections, Gil Manser, Felix the Cat and the Real Estate Guy, And joining them is Lenny Dean, Festival Director and 6th Street Playhouse Education Coordinator. I want to thank all of them. Our studio engineer for today's show is Jesse Fankushin, KRCB Program Director is Sean Knight. The Administrative Assistant is Wendy Nicholson. Our theme music is by Bill Conti. And I am your host, Gil Manser. We invite you to join us for a playful word-by-word conversation on the second Sunday of June at 4 o'clock. Until then... Consider the words of the drama critic George Jean Nathan. An actor without a playwright is like a hole without a donut.